Welcome into another edition of the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. I'm your host, DP Sidhu. It's week nine, and the Texans are headed back to Jacksonville, where both teams are looking to get another win this season. The last time the Texans won, it was against the Jaguars here just a few weeks ago in Houston. So they hope to get a clean sweep of the Jags and head into the second half of the season on a winning streak. So I catch up with my friend J.P. Shadrick of the Jaguars Radio Network a little bit later on. And then first, we're going to bring back an interview that I did earlier this season with Jordan Akins. I think it's still pretty relevant because a lot of the stuff we talked about was just building on his chemistry that he had with Deshaun Watson and, uh, you know, what he hoped to accomplish in year three and how much he really grew um, in, in his knowledge of the game and his knowledge of his position. So... Jordan Akins, I thought it'd be a good interview to bring back because it looks like he will be playing in Sunday's game against the Jaguars. The last time Jordan Akins was on the field for the Texans, Bill O'Brien was the head coach. The Texans had not won their first game yet, so a lot has changed since that week four game when he was knocked out with a concussion. Also was dealing with a bit of an ankle injury, so Jordan Akins has had a few weeks off and should be back in the lineup and Boy, when him and Deshaun Watson are in the game together, he seemed to be a top target for Deshaun early on in the season before the offense really got clicking. So now that the offense is clicking, cannot wait to see how the tight ends, the wide receivers, Deshaun and this offense start to put things together. And hopefully they can do so with a win against the Jaguars. All right, but first, you know, you can experience reliably fast Wi-Fi speeds and more in a snap with Xfinity XFi. You get the speed, coverage, control, and security you need for the ultimate in-home Wi-Fi experience. This internet is more than just fast. Xfinity, proud partner of the Houston Texans and proud partner of the Deep Slant podcast. So let's get right into it. It's my interview with Jordan Akins from a little bit earlier on this year. Uh, We sat down, we chatted, he scored a touchdown at Kansas City, and he was really sort of looking forward to 2020 and, and his game and what it what it would bring. Now, the Texans had not won while he was playing earlier before he got hurt, but now that, you know, they're back from the bye and the offense is clicking a little bit, it'll be fun to see how Jordan Akins fits into the mix with Brandon Cooks, with Will Fuller, who still a Texan after that trade deadline, and Deshaun Watson certainly is happy about that. I'm, I'm certain he's happy about having all of his targets back healthy for this Week 9 matchup against the Jags. So let's get right into it. Jordan Akins on the Deep Slant Podcast. You've come such a long way from your rookie season. When do you feel like everything really just started to click for you? I would say last year. Um, last year, you know, the game slowed up a lot for me. Uh, this year, it slowed up even more. Uh, you know, I was being more of a student to the game. Mentally preparing, you know, I was really wearing my body down the previous years, just trying to, you know, do what I can to be on the field. But this year, I just, you know, got my mental ready and worked on my body, had a little extra time due to COVID and, you know, came in feeling good and playing good. Yeah, you look good. Last year, you missed the two postseason contests uh, with injury. So let's start there. How how was your off season in just getting back to health again? What did you have to do to get yourself feeling 100% for 2020? Um, just eating better, you know, um, watching what I do, especially like in the weight room. Uh, I did a lot of running in previous years. You know, I would run a lot and do a lot of lower body lifts, heavy. And, you know, uh, I, I don't think I matched it up well with uh, the treatment, I would say. Um, you know, taking care of the body, you know, getting the massages that I needed and, you know, getting off my feet at times. You know, I'm a father, so, you know, I do a lot of ripping and running. So this year I just took a lot of consideration and, you know, thanks to COVID, you know, I don't wish COVID on anyone. But, um, 
you know, it gave me a lot of time to just think and mentally prepare for the game as well as take care of my body. Yeah, I remember in the offseason you said that you really wanted to reach out to veterans and get a better understanding of the game. Who did you talk to? What are some of the questions that entering into year three that, that you really wanted to get answered or, or you know, where was it that you really wanted to pick the brains the most of, of these veterans that you talked to? Just how they think, um, you know, as far as on the field and um, how do they prepare? What do you do to your body? You know, how do you last a full season? And, you know, just really pick their brains of like football related questions. I can't really go into detail, but um, it just taught me, it, they taught me a lot, you know, and I always play like on edge previous years. Uh, I, I was overthinking. I was trying to do too much. Um, you know, instead of just letting the game come to me. So this year, you know, they taught me a lot. So I matured mentally on the field. And, you know, my, um, like I said, my talent speaks for itself. And now two and two is coming together and it's starting to show. It seems like you've come a long way. What, I mean, it was just a few years ago that you made your NFL debut. It was week one at Gillette Stadium against the Patriots. When you look back at your rookie self, I mean, what do you remember about going through that first NFL experience? And what was going through your brain at that time? just how fast the game, the game is in the NFL, you know, and um, in college is, is, is different. Everyone's fast in the NFL. Everyone's smart. Um, so, you know, in college, you can either, you can be fast or you can be smart. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, some talent is going to show out, show up on the field. You kind of have an advantage on um, in college and in NFL, you have to be on your game, you know, have to know certain rules when you're hot, when you're not, you know, and just the competition overall. I love, competing and when everyone's on the same accord and when the offense rolling it's a beautiful thing yeah you line up all over the field was do you think that was the hardest part about adjusting to this offense um just getting to know your position and everything that's required of it uh definitely um as a rookie when I came in it was kind of like just thrown into the hot fire and um you know seeing what you can do which I did make some mistakes but you know um I did I did a decent job for a rookie coming in and you know over the years uh just moving me more, uh, you know, learning more positions and just being able to be used as a weapon in um, many ways is um, a big blessing and opportunity. All right. You said you're a father now. So I assume that you had a, you recently had a baby or. Oh, no, no. My, you're um, about my, to have another one though, right? Yeah. Yeah. My, my first daughter, she's three, about to be four. And ah. newborn will be born next month. Oh, so you're about to be the father of two. It's about to, it's about to double up in the Aikens household, oh, huh? Yeah. Definitely. How how is how is parenthood when you're playing in the NFL? I mean, obviously you played baseball a while back. I don't think that you would have kids when you're playing baseball, but balancing kids and the NFL, I mean, what what is that like for you? It's different. It's a lot of sacrifices. You know, you don't get to spend as much time as you would like to. And, you know, some of the things they want to do, you can't really do because you have to be up early. Or, you know, it just, it just balance. But in the end, it balances itself out. You know, off season, you spend a lot of time with it. And, um, you know, just try to do – I just try to be the best father I can be. But I know for right now, while she's young, it's best to, you know, make those sacrifices than, you know, when she's older and she really realizes what's going on. So does your three-year-old know that dad is a tight end for the Texans? Does she see you on the on the TV and, and recognize you? Does she understand <laughs> yeah, that? She does. Yeah, she does. She gets frustrated when I don't take my helmet off on the field. She wants me to oh. take my helmet off so she can really notice me. But as far as, like – playing for the Texans and all that. She, she doesn't really know all that, I would say. I, she really just focuses on football. She, she knows that father's a football player. 
I saw recently on your Instagram, you, you posted something and, and the caption said, highly slept on. And I thought that was really interesting. Did, did you feel like people were sleeping on you a little bit? Uh, yeah, I did. It's a lot of, you know, I mean, as far as that go, like I know my talent, I know my goals, where I want to go and doing this game. And um, I just think, I just, well, I thought, you know, I was kind of underappreciated and, you know, in certain categories, but, you know, I just let my talent speak for itself. I'm not a big talker. And, you know, I'm just here to play ball and win games. Your chemistry with Deshaun Watson seems to come a long way, too, just in the, the few years that you guys have been together. You worked a little bit on that in this offseason, too, didn't you? You and Deshaun uh, worked out a little bit. What, you know, what, did, what has gone into really developing that chemistry with Deshaun? Just getting some routes and throws off the field. And, um, you know, just really uh, – you know, just getting that chemistry. Um, it's, it's just not about throwing. It's about, you know, having a connection with the guys well, you know, and um, just being on the same page when knowing what he wants and how you want, um, how he wants you to run the route is very important. So when the game comes, it's just like, you know, just like practice. So how do you feel about the 2020 tight end group? It's changed a little bit since you first got here. Um, some, some guys have come, some have gone, but now this core group that you have with Fells and, you know, the, the rest of the crew, how do you feel about the tight end group? And, and what about for yourself personally? What sort of goals can you share with us that you have for yourself for 2020? Uh, the tight ends are very talented. You know, whether, uh, you know, whoever they bring in, they always, they always, they always bring talent in. So we, I don't really compare myself to them. I just try to help them come along, you know, get them caught up with the playbook, kind of like, you know, how, how Phil's kind of mentored me. I just try to, you know, do that. And, you know, for the, for the older guy, I think Farrell, mm-hmm. you know, he, uh, he, he's pretty, he's a, he's a good vet, you know, he's a good ball player and, and everyone, everyone knows what they're doing. They just, you know, they have to get more in the playbook and they, they have experience basically. So like I say, we, we compete, we make each other better and we all going for one goal. And what about for yourself? Is there anything you can share that you want to get better at in your three? Um, I would say my overall, everything. Um, I want to improve on everything. Uh, blocking, catching, um, yak yards, uh, special teams. I just want to never come off the field. Good stuff. We never sleep on you, Jordan Akins. Cannot wait to see what the rest of 2020 brings for you. Jordan Akins on the Deep Slant 101 presented by Xfinity. Jordan, such a pleasure talking to you. Likewise. Thank you for having me. All right. Can't wait to see what Jordan Akins does on Sunday against the Jaguars. He might even get another touchdown. He scored in that week one game against Kansas City and can't wait to see him Gets more touchdowns as the season continues. All right, so let's pivot. Let's talk about the Jaguars on the other on the other hand because they have had some injuries of their own. They've been dealing with a lot on the defensive side of the ball. Some of those guys will be healthy for Sunday's game, but on the offensive side, the big one, the big storyline of the week, no Gardner Minshew for this Week 9 game because he's out with an injury to his throwing hand. Looks like something he did actually when these two teams played the first time around. So in his place, sixth-round pick and Jake Luton. We find out more about what he brings to the offense, what the Texans' defense might need to look for because they will be without three linebackers for Sunday's game with those positive COVID tests. Actually, it was one positive test. It was Jake Martin and then Whitney Merciless and Dylan Cole were also placed on the COVID reserve 19 Reserve COVID-19, yes, reserve COVID-19 list with contact tracing. So um, a lot of guys will be expected to step up. Might be some practice squad linebackers, might be some defensive linemen. You'll see more Jonathan Grenard, um, the rookie, this uh, Sunday, according to Romeo Cornell. So 
We'll see what happens. But first, let's uh, find out a little bit more about these Jags heading into week nine. Here he is, J.P. Shadrick on the Deep Slant podcast. One and six, both these teams not exactly where they want to be. What what about the Jags heading into the second half of the season? This is usually where teams like to reset over the bye. What, what are the Jags talking about? No, I mean, there's been a lot of things to talk about over the last week or so. And yes, it has not been that long since we last spoke, and it's good to be back with you again. Quarterback, obviously, is the big topic around here. After a six-game losing skid going into the bye week, it was announced around Tuesday or Wednesday that Gardner Minshew apparently had a couple of small breaks in the thumb in his throwing hand that might have happened in the Houston game a few weeks ago, and he's trying to play through it. Uh, they found out about it after the Chargers game, and now it sounds like it's going to be Jake Luton as the starting quarterback this week, a six-round rookie out of Oregon State. Mike Glennon is still on the roster, of course. He's a veteran quarterback in this league, has some starting time, but not a lot of it. But hearing Doug Marone talk this week, sounds like Luton's going to get his opportunity, certainly on the practice field this week, to get those reps. And they just want to see him in live game action. They haven't been able to do that without a preseason. So when the quarterback goes down, that is the number one and the biggest talking point this week for the Jaguars. We can delve into the defense all we want a little bit later. They have their own issues, but Gardner Minshew will not play this week, and that's priority number one. Yeah, a little bit of a surprise heading into this week as the Texans and the Jaguars face off for the second time this season. So tell me a little bit about Jake Luton. Obviously, um, the, the Jaguars drafted him, but we're hoping that Minshew is going to be the guy for the 2020 season. What do they like about Luton's skill set? What do they hope that he brings to this offense? Well, I'll say this. In training camp this year, the, the few times we were out there to watch some of those open practices, he did turn some heads with his ability to push the ball down the field and his arm strength. He's a tall guy, six foot six, so he can see over everything. And he took that sixth year of eligibility that the NCAA granted him at Oregon State and used it to his advantage last year. 28 touchdowns, only three interceptions a year ago for Oregon State. And there were a lot of folks out there on the West Coast that said, hey, this guy, look out for Luton. He has the ability to, to keep up, at least in the NFL. Now, as I said, we haven't seen him in a live game situation at all. And that's what Doug Marone is concerned about. You know, if all of a sudden the lights come on and here comes J.J. Watt staring at you from the other side, how will you react? You just don't know when it's until it's real. And, you know, if he performs well, fantastic. If not, if things go spiral out of control quickly, then Glennon, I think, will be at the ready to, to jump in there if needed. But they're confident in Luton. They like his uh, you know, ability in the classroom and everything, uh, the way he's moved around college football a few different places in his career, much like Gardner Minshew. Uh, he knows this offense, knows it pretty well. I'm curious how different it looks, though, with Luton and his ability to get the ball a little further down the field consistently, we think, than Gardner Minshew did. Kind of got both ends of the spectrum there with the veteran and Glennon and then the rookie and Luton. So it'd be interesting to see. But with that being said, you've got a rookie quarterback under center. Might we see more of James Robinson than we have in, in weeks past? Maybe. But if you're going to throw the rookie quarterback out there to throw it around, you throw the rookie quarterback out there to throw it around, in my opinion. So, uh, you know, that is a young quarterback's best friend is the running game. And when they have been able to run, uh, and get it done early in the game, James Robinson stepped out and played very well. That's been a real bright spot for the Shags offense this year. Though they haven't gone to the well a lot at times, they've been down in games, 
uh, down late in games where they've had to abandon the run a lot of times to get back in it. But if they can establish it early, mix it in the game plan with Luton, maybe throwing it around some, then I think that's the most effective way to, yes, run the football, but also help your young quarterback at the same time so he's not facing third and forever type situation. And getting sacked, of course, with the, you, yes. the sacks. Uh, okay, well, uh, <laughs> let's get into our next-gen stat pre- presented by AWS. James Robinson is second in the NFL among rookies in rushing yards. He's rushed for 481 yards. That's second only to the Chiefs rookie, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, he's also scored four rushing touchdowns and two scores as well. What's made him so hard to defend? An undrafted running back usually doesn't see this t- type of success that he has. And even though the Jags have been losing, it seems like Robinson's been doing some nice things for that offense. You know, I don't remember many times where he's lost yardage. You know, he, he always is at the line of scrimmage and then forward. And he's decisive in the way he runs, too. There's no pitter-patting of the feet back there and indecisiveness. He finds a hole. He makes one cut. He goes downhill. He's not afraid to get physical if he needs to on the second level. And that's gone pretty well for him this year. So that's really been why he's been so successful. His decisiveness, his ability to cut, physicality. I don't know if he has the, the home run from 40 to 60 yards for a touchdown type of speed down the field. But if you need anywhere between 5 and 15, that can keep an offense moving in the NFL. That's what he's done. All right, I know you and I spoke over the offseason about some of these rookies, and I know you've talked about LaVisca Chenault. You mentioned him the first time these two teams played, and in week five he led the Jags in receiving yards against the Texans. So how much has his role in the offense sort of evolved as he's become a little bit more comfortable? Now he's going to have to adjust to a new quarterback, obviously, but uh, tell me a little bit about how he sort of progressed in his rookie year. Well, I'll say this, DP, he has, uh, he's had, at least as of late, had a little bit of a hamstring issue. So he hasn't really been used as much, I believe, as he was earlier in the year. Early in the season, they're using him in jet sweeps and direct snaps in the wildcat and Chenault's running between the tackles. And here we go as a running back, right? He was doing all those different things. They've toned that back, it feels like, a little bit over the last few weeks with him. I believe it's just because of of that little nagging and there's some times where he hasn't practiced and then he's been able to go out and play on Sunday. So less has maybe been a little bit more, maybe the bye week will help in that regard this week. And yes, another weapon for Luton to have to take a little bit of the heat off of him would be very nice, but I know they're very happy with what uh, Chenault could be as we move along down the line. It's just a matter of keeping him healthy, which yes, it was an issue at Colorado as well. He had some injury Uh, concerns back there in his time in college. Uh, Let's hope it doesn't become a nagging thing here. So far, he's been able to be out there most every time. Well, then obviously let's switch gears and talk about DJ Chark because he's the number one target there for that offense. So how much does it help having uh, Luton, having Chark there uh, to throw to as a top target? I know a lot of opposing defenses know to focus on Chark, but he still finds a way to get open, doesn't he? Yeah, big guy, uh, finding a way to, to find a space and, and get open. And he can out jump you if you throw it up down the field as well. There's been some frustration lately. I think DJ would tell you. I know Gardner would tell you. They, they were having some trouble hooking up the last couple of weeks before the bye week. And some of that frustration was starting to, to boil over in interviews and, and things like that, which is probably not the way to go. I think they've calmed things down. Those two guys are great competitors and the last time I was in the locker room, it's been a while, but the last time I was in there, they had lockers right next to each other. So 
I think that relationship is still good. Now with Luton, yes, it's a, I don't know if it's a safety blanket of sorts, but he is a guy you can throw the ball up to and you have a pretty good shot of coming down with a reception down the field if you need to get one of those. So Chark's a guy who is coming off Pro Bowl, hasn't had exceptional numbers this year, but he is certainly a guy you can rely on. And I think this organization would like to rely on him for years to come. I believe DP, he's going to be the next guy paid around here whenever this season is over. I think you open up the checkbook and give it to him. Well, let's talk about that Jags defense, shall we? They've, like you said, allowed over 30 points in the last six losses that they've had. And I know the struggle has been real with the loss of some of their big leaders up front, which the Jags will face a little bit later when they face the Ravens. But, you know, who are some of the key players that they hope to get back? I know there's also some injuries. They've been banged up. But with the bye week and a little bit of rest, who are some guys that they're hoping can sort of come back and help that defense? Well, Doug Marone earlier this week said that Miles Jack should be back. He's slated to get back on the field. He's had an ankle issue last couple weeks. And when he isn't out there, it really changes the way they operate on defense. He's the, he's the guy that can go make plays for you on the weak side. He stepped out this year into that new role and has played very well when he's been healthy and was leading the team in tackles and doing all that stuff and play, really playing at a Pro Bowl level the first three, four weeks of the season. But then the injury concerns kind of started there. Jared Wilson on the back end at free safety is also slated to be back. He's been battling an injury the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, Josh Allen's had some injury stuff earlier in the year. He's been back out there, but he doesn't have the big numbers that a lot of folks I think were expecting out of him. They're still hoping for Chase on to develop as a pass rusher. The, the first round draft pick out of LSU uh, It's taken a little bit longer, I think, than some fans would have liked, but it's going to come at some point. But yes, you're right. It, it is an injury issue for this Jags defense, especially on the back end. The corner spot has been banged up a good bit. Sidney Jones is, is hurt. Uh, Trey Herndon's had moments. They, they've had a lot of guys roll in and out of that secondary and uh, that's what they're going to have to go with this week. Now, the, the question will be, at what point you know, in the season do they start putting the younger guys in to see what they have? A guy like Daniel Thomas, does he get more time at safety? He's a rookie out of Auburn. He had a blocked punt and a return for a touchdown in the game on special teams against the Chargers a couple weeks ago. But the times he's been on the field on defense, he's played very well. He played half a game a few weeks ago in relief. Somebody got hurt. And he led the team in tackles for the day and only a half of football playing strong safety. So he can come in and play the run. I'm curious how that's going to go because there's no magic fix for this thing. There's nobody going to come in here to trade deadline or anything and fix this defense. It's those guys on the field. It is a young banged up football team on the defensive side. Certainly can they figure it out, rally some things together and, and stop this string of 30 point games. I think that's, that's the first thing you have to do before you can, move forward well you know even if we look at some of the numbers I know turnover differential is a number that we look at quite a bit around here both teams are at minus four the Jags and the Texans but if you dig a little deeper the Jaguars have had six interceptions now they've turned the ball over a number of times too but how surprising or encouraging is it that they've had so many picks with such a young secondary yeah you know there's been a lot of turnover there as we just mentioned so different guys stepping up and making plays at different times jared wilson was out early this year on ir scheduled to return he came back first game back gets an interception sydney jones a guy that a lot of people didn't really know about in training camp he has a pick in that same game so really different guys getting their hands on the football 
that you might not expect. Joe Schobert off a tip ball a couple of weeks ago uh, made a play on a deflection, on an interception late in the game. But unfortunately, a lot of times those turnovers have not really turned into points for this team a lot of times. So when the defense finally does get takeaways, the offense has not been able to push it in the end zone. And a lot of times with the, the kicking situation around here, they've missed field goal points too. So uh, they hopefully have settled that down. Uh, they, they could use some more of those, but it's just a matter of – you can't really put your finger on who or why or how it's happening some weeks because different guys have stepped up and made plays on defense in key moments to get some of those interceptions and takeaways. All right, good stuff, JP. Always a pleasure chatting with you. Cannot believe this is already our second meeting of the season. So um, we'll talk soon. Thanks so much for the time as always. Always great to visit with you, DP, and we'll catch you next time. All right, it'll be weird that both of these teams have already played both of their games um, after this Sunday because usually we play the Jaguars either there or here in December. So that won't be the case in 2020 as uh, these two teams will wrap up their matchups for the regular season on Sunday. And you know what? You can watch the game on CBS. You can also listen to the game on Sports Radio 610 with Mark Vandermeer, Andre Ware, and John Harris. But if you want to know more about the storylines heading into the game, the best pregame show around for the Texans is Texans Unlimited presented by Verizon. It's me. It's Drew Doherty. We've got John Harris. We'll have Mark Vandermeer check in and we'll get your fan questions answered. We'll cover inactives as soon as they come out. Pretty much as soon as they come out, we'll cover actives and actives, who's in, who's out. And I think with Sunday's game and the trio of linebackers that are out, that'll be definitely a storyline to watch. So uh, be sure to download the Houston Texans mobile app and uh, turn on your notifications. You'll get a notification when we go live. You can also catch our pregame show. I think it's on Facebook. It's on YouTube. It's it's pretty much everywhere. But you definitely want to get the app because then you have access to Game Day Central presented by Kroger. It's got all of our exclusive game day content. You're not going to get it anywhere else. So with that, um, you know, be sure to check out HoustonTexans.com for all the latest news, coverage, and more. That's going to do it for our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there. And as always, go Texans.